I just, I think that's incredible. And I, Clay, I've told you before how global this work is, especially in a global community like now when we're all so interconnected. The work that you do in Kenya is going to affect me here in New York. Hello, world. It's me, Dennis. Today, I have the pleasure of having conversations with Clay Boykin and Renee Jaworski, two people whom I admire so deeply for their intellect and their heart and where they're going in the world and the difference that they're making. Hello, Clay. Hey, Dennis. How you doing? I'm fine. Renee, welcome. Hi. Nice to see you. Very nice to be here. And Clay, I'd like you to start because one of the initiatives, the reason why I was so interested in working with you is that you are in search of the new compassionate male. And as you and I have talked so often, and as Renee, as you and I have talked, and you and Clay have talked, the new compassionate male is the archetype that the world is needing so much in this time of deep complexity and challenge and opportunity. This is, but how do we find him? How do we grow him? How do we grow him in ourselves? How do we nurture him? What do women do to nurture this happening? How does this work? So this is the first of a series of conversations we're going to have, but I, but in order to get there, I, I want some history. So, Clay, could you talk a little bit about what happened over eight years ago and how you began on this journey? Sure. Thanks, Dennis. Eight years ago, I, I started a men's circle, and it was purely because of the fact that I felt like I needed it. I didn't trust other men. And I realized that, you know, my wife and I could speak to a certain level and you know, and, and, you know, I was looking for something a little bit more spiritual, but I've been burned out on church and mm -hmm. similar to what happened to so many men. And I realized that if I was really going to connect on a heart level and, and begin to understand myself, that I really had to connect with another man. We didn't trust each other. We, that's not what we're brought up to trust, to be vulnerable. And so I said, well, I, if I'm feeling this way, other men are feeling this way. So if I start a men's circle and set the stage such that it's a safe space, then maybe we can come together and learn from one another, not judge each other, not try and fix each other or call each other out, but just to practice speaking from the heart. So that happened eight years ago. And if I fast forward, the network has grown. It's, it's you know, in different places in the world, including Kenya. And um, we have... I learned something this last year because I was I, I had like 35 engagements all across the United States and in Kenya. And what I learned was that invariably most every man has got a burn inside them, deep down inside that they don't often know what to do with. And they're holding it because the patriarchal system says that's not something you want to show because that makes you weak, makes you appear weak. Yeah. So they don't show your underbelly. And I believe that with all that's going on in the world right now, that, that men are beginning to 
pull that to the surface. You know, it's like holding a basketball underwater. You can only do it for so long and it's going to come up. <laughs> and so they come up and, and finding a place to open like that and to speak from the heart, it, they're, guys are dying to do that, literally. I saw it all across the United States. I saw it with this group of young men in Kenya, three-day retreat, the same thing. Given the opportunity, the highly patriarchal system over there, given the opportunity, they opened up. And so what I believe is that's what's coming out is this heartbeat of compassion. And I believe that this new compassionate male is really emerging. And he's emerging as the new archetype. Not to diminish any of the other archetypes or say they're not any good. No. But this is kind of the overarching element. And the more I'm out there, the more I see it, the more I just really have the strong feeling that it's there. Renee and I had a conversation. She is she was participating in a workshop that I was doing, you know, Zoom workshop the other night. Right. And afterwards we got into a conversation. My gosh, Renee, what was it? Two hours? <laughs> hours. Yes. And we went places and learned from one another. And I just said, gosh, Dennis, you and I and Renee need to have a conversation. So that's the battle. Oh, so Renee, how does that resonate with you? In your, your, you've worked all over the world. You have traveled. You, you have gotten a chance to, to meet, meet people and to work with those of us who identify uh, as, as, a, as, as males. And as we're working for all, God bless your heart for doing so. So how does, the, how does this, what you're seeing, Clay and I and, and the, the, those of us who are working at resonating, how does it resonate with you? Well, it, it's, it resonates really deeply with me. Um, the first that I ever heard about this was through you, Dennis. You told me about the men's group that you were going to, and it just blew my mind. In all the work that I've done with gender healing and with women and survivors of abuse uh, who are predominantly women that I work with, and my prison ministry when I worked with a lot of women who are in prison who have all been abused, I mean, without exception, I never had heard of men coming together, holding each other accountable and working on compassion. I mean, it just blew my mind. And I said, this is exactly what women need. And you know, Clay, you talked about how there's more women visitors to your website. <laughs> <laughs> and that just shows you how invested we are. Women think about men all the time because you guys hold the power in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in the economy. Yep. You, and we perceive that you guys have it all together. So I was also really surprised. I think women would be surprised to hear that you guys have trust issues with each other. We don't know that. We think that you guys have it all together. That's why we don't, that's why the world right now is not really looking at, especially white, privileged, you know, or middle-class men. Yeah, exactly. Raise your hands. <laughs> we think you have it all together. And so that was another breakthrough for me. And when I talk to other women about the work that you're doing, we all just say, oh, really? Like, they don't have it all together. They have trust issues too. They have abuse too. They have trauma too. 
And it's like, yeah, that that this toxic masculinity is hurting men. And we didn't know that. Like women don't think about that. So it's it's fantastic work. And I'm just I'm very honored to be involved. Thank you so much for involving me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, you deliberately at the beginning, right? Uh, because we, uh, Clay, you were telling me that in your conversation with you, Renee, that, that you were talking about what happens when a woman comes into a room of only men or a man comes into a room of only women. How that gender, because we have a gender, uh, we have gender biases that we have and but you started this the circle of men with only men or men who identified as male uh on purpose correct right yes you know it from my vantage point you know there's always work that men and women can do together to, to heal i really truly believe that there's things that men have got to learn from one another that we've got to break this barrier down, that we've got to be able to move from head to heart and then learn how to speak from the heart mm-hmm. with one another and learn from one another. It's, you know, I get 20 or 25 guys in a circle on a Monday night. There's literally over a thousand life years of experience sitting right there. And there's something, Dennis, that I can learn from you and your life story and journey that you can learn from me. Me too. And it's not about fixing each other, but it's like showing up with a topic and we have a conversation. That's, that's what we're there to do. And it's so rich. One of the things that I love is that the healings come in the silences, the spaces in between. You know, Renee, you're an amazing musician and you have always taught me and have helped to say is that the the power is between the notes mm-hmm. it's what you can and 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 i see that over and over again in in the men's circle as we will sit and hold space for no language and that's something that we're so because this this idea of ta- uh, this concept that is really that i've i've, I've just so dug into is that the toxic masculinity is toxic for everyone it's not just toxic for the people that are the victims of that toxic masculinity the the women and 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 the vulnerable populations it's also toxic for us how have you experienced, Renee, uh, toxic masculinity in the in the places where you think it can't both it can heal, and the places where you can see that 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 maybe are in our blind spots where we're not because both Clay and I uh, are are reasonably of the uh, of the same age. He's my far younger brother, but still, uh, he we, we are of that same age group where we can say we have we've been around long enough to have plenty of blind spots in our own masculinity. So could you talk a little about that and help us to, to have some awarenesses from your perspective? Yeah, I would say that what's really um, interesting and what women talk about when you guys aren't around, I mean, we could have three generations. I've been in a room with three generations of women and we're all strangers and we can talk more intimately with each other than we can with the men in our lives. And our experiences through three generations will all be similar. 
and men would be really surprised to hear about that, but about how intimidating men can be without knowing that. So when women are around men, you have to understand that a lot of times we go back into our predator prey mode. And so you guys have to learn how to regulate maybe tone of voice and also be very inclusive. I've been in, in very liberal settings where the men still are monopolizing everything. They're still not listening to the women. They're talking over women. They're not making eye contact with the women. And it happens, like I said, in conservative circles and the most ultra-liberal circles, even feminist meetings I've been at, when a man is there, he wants to take control. He doesn't want to listen. And so his politics might be all in line. He might say all the right things, but it's hard. He just doesn't, but he doesn't get it. And he doesn't mean any harm. He just literally, women are trying to just say that we're people. And the sad thing is that women have to keep telling men over and over again, even our loved ones, even our relatives, I'm a person. And that's sad that we're still there, but I think we're still there. But of course it starts sometimes with men, maybe it starts with the brain, maybe they start saying the right things. And I think eventually with the work that you guys are doing, they'll start feeling the right things and actually knowing we're equals, knowing we're people. Because right now, or feeling, sorry, they might know it. It's on the test, they'll get the right answer, right? But how, you know, you guys get the right answer, but like, do you really think we're people? You know, do you really think that? And when that happens, then we'll start seeing the violence against women go down and things like that, which is stuff that I'm really invested in trying to bring that down and the more women women's voices are heard i mean how many times was i told in law school by very well-meaning lawyers and men they would literally say hey let's since you're a woman let's just make sure you walk that line between being forceful in your argument and being a bitch well they don't say that to men they would never say that to men but they would tell the women that we're being trained differently you know um, another example that I thought of last night when I was thinking about this conversation, Rihanna, who's a popular um, R&B singer, she's from Jamaica, she's very popular, she's like another Beyonce. She was a victim of uh, domestic violence by Chris Brown, famously, she was beat up and everything by another star. She wrote a song called Man Down, and in the, and in the song it's about a rape victim who kills the man with a, with a bullet. Okay, that was a huge controversy. No one wanted to air it. Everyone said this is terrible. Well, how many songs by men are all about abuse against women and nobody said anything? So we're still here. That was just from a few years ago. And I thought about that last night. I said, how sad is it that people were more offended by that depiction than they were by the fact that women are actually getting raped? So men just keep missing. They just keep missing it. It, it, it is, it's, it's stunning uh, how how we're in the process of learning. And so have you seen this over these eight years, Clay, have you seen an evolution in the vulnerability of men and the awareness of men as, as, as it's growing and coming up, coming along? Well, speaking from this, the circle, the network that I've got, um, we've grown together. We've gone through literally life and death together. Yeah. I've told you stories about the tragedies that have happened and, and how we've learned to show up from what, for one another. You know, a fellow losing his wife and coming in just that evening because that's mm -hmm. the place he felt safest. 
and to be held and nurtured by 20 other men in a circle so that he could tell his story, he could cry, he could laugh, he could share in all of that, the alchemy of that healing. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we are learning that. One of the things I think that's, that's really important right now is the Me Too movement. You know, bringing to the forefront the wounds that women have experienced. Mm -hmm. And the other piece to that is men becoming to forward to say, I'm wounded too. And then to realize and to yeah. connect on that level and say, oh my gosh, you know, Renee, you and I are both wounded by the patriarchal system. That's our common ground right there. It's not comparing your wound to my wound, but we both have deep wounds right there, and we are both wounded by the patriarchy. I'm so glad that you said that, Clay, because it's a. This is one of the uh, one of the the challenges when when we heard the Black Lives Matter movement was that people would say, oh, I can't believe we're saying that because that means all lives matter. So therefore we have to, we, 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 it's like co-opting the, the pain and the challenges that are specific to African-Americans in our society and then co-opting co it to, to all. And, and this is the same thing here. Here is that while is is that you and I as as white privileged males we can continue to give the all the attention and the support to the wounds that women go through in abusive relationships or men who go through in in in, in abusive relationships and and but people who are go through the abused we can do that and still claim our wounds as an ally rather than as a comparison. That's the magic. I'm, I'm involved with an organization called Gender Equity and Reconciliation International, and that is exactly the work to come together and to put a face with the tragedy, with, with the wound, for someone to be in a safe space with men and women, for a woman to to say, yes, this happened to me. First time in her life to speak that out. The catharsis that occurs, the alchemy of everyone holding space for her, and then for a man to stand up and say, yes, I'm a privileged white Western male. Let me share my wound with you. And for me to say that first time in my life. Yeah carrying that pain that deep and then putting layer after layer after layer to hide that to be able to break through that for both women and men it changes the energy and, and like i said earlier there's an alchemy that happens and we both come away differently mm -hmm. and i see that evolution more and more people waking up that there's there's something better there's a better way and they're they're searching for it and that's that's why i think it's compassion you know compassion yeah. the root of compassion is the golden rule all the religious traditions talk about the golden rule they say it differently but it's the yep. golden rule so we've we've come back to the basic 
that, oh, well, that really is pretty good. And we're struggling to say, okay, now how does that fit? How do we do that? And not go against the patriarchy. You know, this is not the beaten heads together. But how do we come up along and then evolve to take the best of both and evolve to a higher place, a higher level of consciousness for both women and men? Thoughts, Brene? Yes. What I really love about this whole thing, and I've said similar things before, but I love the accountability and the responsibility that you and your work are taking off of women's shoulders. There's so much burden throughout the history of time that women have been blamed for men's bad acts. Mm -hmm. The mother is always blamed when the child acts up. The wife is always blamed when the husband does something. And women even blame each other. Why, you know, you're the angel of the household. You, you're the queen of the household. If something's wrong with a man, it must be something you are doing. Women have a lot of guilt every time a man acts up. So what I love about this is that you're taking some of that burden off of women and you're saying, no, we are holding each other accountable. You guys don't have to worry about this one anymore. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a healing process. The more that that happens, because women have to be focusing on ourselves. We have so many wounds, but we're so busy thinking about men and trying to heal men. We don't think about ourselves. When women get together, we just talk about how can we help men all the time. Well, can I jump in there? Because yeah. guys don't want to be fixed by women. Right. You know, yes. now, now how, how mature is that, right? But face it, and this is a generality, but women have a higher level of consciousness than men. Men are, women are here, men are down here. Now, anybody could argue that point, but to make the point, women have a higher level of consciousness. And if a woman tries to reach down to move the man up, he's going to wrestle that. He, you know, his ego and his programming is not going to accept that normally. So that's why in our men's circle, why I say that's work that men have got to do with men. So we've got to raise ourselves up to a higher level of consciousness so that we can connect with women on their level, not the woman coming down to meet us at our level. I love that. I, that that resonates so much with me because we we when I've studied uh, emotional intelligence and that's where the one of the one of the keys that I think in compassion is because it has an intellectual aspect to it, but it also has a uh, it has an emotional uh, component to it, and that that I I have seen over the course of my life that that women have consistently had a higher emotional intelligence than men in this process and so this is this is what i love about about the men's circle and participating in it that since i have since uh oh late 2019 mm -hmm. uh last quarter of it and and that i have actually seen it happen and i have and i have watched because i've often i've often asked the question how do I, I know how, if I want to build my physical body, I know I get in there on my exercise bike or I get in there and I, and I, and I, I do some reps and I know how to do the physical body. And if I want to grow my intellect, I know I can study and I can work and I can do my brain games and I can build that intellect. But how do we grow our emotional intelligence? 
how do we do that? And I'm asking that as a real question, not as a, not as a, uh, oh, Dennis is about to give you the answer because I don't freaking know, but I want to know. And I would love to hear your, uh, hear your, your, uh, both of your, your thoughts. Renee, do you? Yeah. W um, little boys come out of the womb more emotional than little girls. Yes. But society tells them the only emotion you can express is like is anger. It's okay to do that. And then in sports, they can they can learn more about contact sports. Okay, if you're angry, you just channel it into more physicality and things like that. But then they're taught like you can't cry, you can't be compassionate. If somebody does you wrong, you better come back twelvefold and really teach that guy a lesson. It's all that toxic masculinity. Whereas women. You know, like when we're little girls, we're so, we're the opposite. We, we're very shy. We're, we're always our emotions, but we learn within the culture to be more mm -hmm. nervous. And we're taught that that's a feminine thing and we want to be feminine. So we do that. Hmm. But yeah, it, it's just conditioned. So you guys would have to go back to that original state and allow each other to say rebrand re masculinity because men want to be masculine. Re I love it. And this is the too. new compassionate male. I love that book. Clay, would you take us to Uganda? Would you take us, to, I mean, to Kenya? Would you take us to Kenya and what you went there last year and began doing workshops with men over there? And so this is, all right, so here we're, we're, we're three pale Americans. Uh, and so here, so you get a chance to go into the darkest of Africa and and to have this experience and could you speak of the commonality oh gosh yes and, and that was a, a a good point you know i went over there thinking to myself well my goodness you know who am i and i brought that up in the very beginning when i first met with the, the, the men there are 20 young men 18 to 30 ish and uh and these guys you know they're highly patriarchal system um conservative Christian from the roots um, in Ethiopia and they're warriors they've been trained as warriors and you know it just I had a download just as I was opening up the uh, workshop and I stood there and I said I want you to know that I'm a warrior too that I'm a trained killer. I could do it if I needed to do it. I was a Marine, you know, to make the point that I'm a warrior too, to find that common ground. But you know, I got down on my knees then after that, so that I could see eyeball to eyeball with them. And I could say that, but who am I a privileged white Western male to think that I can come over here and teach you anything? You know, I'm here to learn and to share. And if we can share with one another, perhaps we can learn from one another. And then I stayed down on my knees and I shared my story. An hour or so later, I, I got up and sat in a chair and they began to open up. All of the differences went away. We were men together sharing on a deep, deep level and recognizing the wounds across nationalities, across the world. It's the same, it's the essence. And it's the essence to me of compassion that's been shut down, begging to come out. That's what I learned over there. And that three days were life-changing, were magic.
I mean, I still stay in touch with them. I was supposed to go back this year. Wow. Yeah. Renee? I just, I think that's incredible. And I, Clay, I've told you before how global this work is, especially in a global community like now when we're all so interconnected. The work that you do in Kenya is going to affect me here in New York. And it's just, it's something that we have to do. I've noticed that men in different cultures, even though there'll be little differences, we still have the same type of wounds. Yeah. It's almost like this just keeps going on and on that everyone's come together and agreed that this is how little boys should be raised. Mm -hmm. um, but I would like one of you to describe, I think both of you take for granted that women would know this, but what are the, the male wounds against that are received by other males. Women don't understand that, and I'm very confused, and women I've spoken to about your mission are also confused too, because we kind of think that you guys don't hurt one another. We're always thinking you guys hurt us. So what are the wounds, if you could articulate that? Sexual abuse starts there. Bullying goes to there, and the bullying goes all through the corporate structure. You know, the dog eat dog, you know, it's, it's, it's who's gonna end up with the most toys. And it's me versus you. We're in combat with each other. And to be a young boy and to be wounded in that way that I mentioned, marks him, it marked me brought me into maturing and growing with a less than because someone had overpowered me. I, and Clay, I want to, I mean, I want to, to let our, our, our viewers and listeners who, who don't know, I mean, you went into, you were, you went through the corporate culture. You spent your time there with Motorola, running millions of dollars of projects and, and going in there, them asking you to be the change agent, to, to change the mindset of people when they didn't even know actually what they were asking you to do. Yeah, and, and I didn't have the vocabulary back then. And it was a unique situation because I'm not an engineer, but I was put over an engineering organization and different organizations like that. I couldn't do their job. So it was mine to create an environment where they could succeed because only if they succeed would I succeed. And all of the learning I had in the Marine Corps about servant leadership played right there. It was creating that space. You know, I, if I were to describe it today, I would say I brought spirit into the organization. I brought compassion into the organization, but I didn't have that language, but I had that feeling. And when it would come out in what I did and how I led the organization, we all grew and the organization did magnificent things at the time. I want to go back and, and highlight something, Renee, that you said earlier about young boys coming out of the womb, more emotional, and young girls. I did not know that until six or eight months ago. And when I read that, I thought, oh my, look at that. Look at that, setting that up. That is, was such an, I, I thank you so much for saying that because uh, I think that's really profound. 
Yeah, it really is because we can see how much of this is biological and how much of this is the nurture, right? The nature versus nurture. And you can see right there that there's something wrong. This isn't natural masculinity and that's why it can be fixed. That's a hopeful sign for me. Yeah. You know, and also just being a student of history, I know that there are other times and places where men were, were more comfortable with being more open and honest or being more poetic or being more artistic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the poets and the artists were always seen as masculine, very masculine. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on where they're, di- they're, they're divorcing men from emotions because being in touch with your emotions was very masculine in the Greek culture, the Roman culture. I mean, these were all the great artists of all time. You know? yeah. Well, you know, going back to Kenya, that was one of the points I made with the young fellows. I said, you guys are warriors and you've got your hands on this sword but you're not fully equipped. You know, yes, keep a hand on the sword for the times that that's necessary, but also have the other hand grasping compassion. And it's only when you have both of those things and everything that goes in between it that you're really showing up as a complete male. And that's where we want to get to. And it speaks right back to Renee what you're talking about. Exactly. So where do you see in these next months, how do, how do you see this um, playing out? Where, how are you, Clay, uh, and you, Renee, with the women that you're, you're working with and then working with us in this, in this process? Can, Clay, can you talk a little bit about what, what's on, on your plate and, and, and going forward that, that you can see? Because here in... Um, early May of 2020, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of data on how we can re-engage person to person and how we're going to be able to do this uh, in, in, in a safe and, and a, uh, a scientific manner. So what, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I don't have the formula. I don't have the answer. And that's why I'm in search of the new compassionate male. That's the best thing I can do is raise that awareness and engage people to join me in this search for this new archetype. It can be approached from 10,000 different ways, but it all begins to point into a direction. So my mission is to help foster those conversations with men with women with women and men okay uh and see where it goes i was just listening to a podcast of a young gentleman or that was it's that's in our men's circle it just came out and he was talking about his abuse and how difficult it was growing up and so forth and then what he has done with that pain and that trauma and turned it around and the good that he brought out into the world. You know, stories like that, stories brought up that, you know, from the dark night of the soul to, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes, however you want to describe it. But as men go through that, there is a place where they can land and they land in a field of compassion. So, Renee, do you feel that the women that you work with in the support network, all of the the women's group that you have, that they are 
would they trust us enough to to believe that we are actually working on this that 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 meant because it's not going to be a linear thing we're all learning at different levels and we're, and we're learning is there is there that willingness to trust and willingness to say okay well we're going to we're going to say that they that they not only they do mean it but there is something going on here that we want to be part of I think, well, I think women would always want to be a part of it because it's almost like at this point we're hardwired to be invested in the power holders and in the men that we love on both the macro and the micro level. Women are invested in men, so we're always going to want to be involved. We love men and we support men and women sacrifice their bodies, their intellects, their careers, their money. We, we've been doing that for millennia. We will sac we will be the bridge that you guys walk on. Women are very good at that sacrifice. Will we trust? That's going to take a long time because we would, it's just been so long that this has been going on in every culture. I can sit Amen. down with of different cultures and we all have the same experiences. So what it will take is just slowly. And also on that, that micro level that I'm talking about, the um, if men could be, taught how to honor the women that are in their immediate orbit or their immediate environment, their coworker, their boss, their teacher, and to really learn it on a case-by-case -case basis. If they can learn to look at women and see them as people, then we'll start to see an organic change from the ground up. Because for me, my vision, like I like to have a vision and then reverse engineer, how would I get to that dream? You know. And for me, in a, a perfect world would be something like what we're doing here, where you guys are letting me talk, and you guys are listening, and you guys are engaged. That's very rare, though. Mm. This, this is showing the work that you guys are doing. You guys being an example of what other men could aspire to. I think this is as good as it gets, truthfully. I think Dennis and Clay, I think you guys are the paragons that other men can look at. You're both very masculine. You're successful. Um, but you know how to look at a woman and let her talk. Hmm. And sometimes just by demonstrating that younger men or men who are not as mature, they can look at that and learn how to emulate that. And then we will get more conversations like that. Well, that's, it, it feels, it feels so right. This is one of the reasons why Clay, your, your, in search of the new compassionate male initiative is so so striking to me because you're not coming there with the answer mm -mm. you're coming here with the deeper questions that you can possibly bring to the table i'm in search of i not that i have found and now i want to bring all of you along to come over to it this this humility that you have brought to this initiative uh, astounds me and inspires me and makes me want to go along i just know that thank you i i know that over the eight years we didn't set out on a linear process at all you know counterintuitive you know it's a network and not a group we have gatherings and not meetings, topics of conversation and not discussion. We're not there to fix each other. We're not there to call each other out. We're there to create a safe space. I know that I'm not the man I was in 2012. 
it didn't not an overnight change but if i look back there and look where i am today i've changed the men in the circle have changed the newer gentlemen that come in open up quicker they see the energy they feel that energy and uh, i <laughs> i've had a, this happen a couple of times one fellow was coming then he dropped out for a while and guys come when they can we don't worry about it otherwise they'll show up set an intention and they'll show up and they'll be there when it's time this one fellow was coming and they dropped out for about three months and he showed up and i said hey it's good to see you and he said yeah i came back and uh, i said well great he said you know why i came back i said well uh you like us and he said well my wife told me he said you know when you were going to that men's circle you were much easier to get along with so I think you need to go back. <laughs> Whatever it was, the collective consciousness. What would you tell if you could meet Clay from Clay? If you could meet Clay from eight years ago, what would you tell him of the wisdom that you've gained? Wow. Have compassion for myself. I didn't treat myself with a touch of kindness. Wow, I didn't expect that at all. Oh, and that is so, that, that touches me so deeply because that's my journey. Mm -hmm. Because I know that, that I, will, I will meet the world how I treat myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to love yourself first before you can love another person. And that, and and it works very much that way. And that's what I get from this opportunity. This is what I get so much from from you, Renee, from from learning and and working with you. Uh, is is um, Renee, Renee and I both separately at are are listening to. Uh, the fidgety meditator, uh, which is one of with Dan Harris's uh, and uh, book, uh, and it's extraordinary because the entire process is how kind can I be to myself when I find myself stopping meditating and bringing it back, coming back. What is the kindest, gentlest that I can be with myself to come back to the breath? in this mindfulness meditation and it's the same process that you're talking about how how can i be compassionate with myself there was a when 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 i was i have worked with clients all over the world and when doing my communication coaching and then doing television and doing interviews and the one thing that i have heard more often than anything else is i am harder on myself mm -hmm than anybody else. Now this is, this is everybody, even people who have been critically scathed over their work, they're still harder on ourselves. And, I, and so I keep wondering in my head, what is the value of that? And what you're saying, Clay, and what Renee, we've talked about, and what we're working on uh, together is what if, what value might there be if I was willing to treat myself as I would treat you, Clay, or you, Renee? What value might that be 
if I was to be able to be that gracious to me, what value might that be to how I show up in the world? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That reminds me. Oprah had a show with Tyler Perry, and he came on, and he said that he was sexually abused as a child. And Oprah had packed the whole audience of that show with only men who had been sexually traumatized as children, and they each carried a picture of them at the age that it happened. Yeah. And then they would come up and they would talk about it. And you saw the little boy and in them. And I remember one man saying, he said, I blamed myself my whole life because my body betrayed me. My body betrayed me. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's the stuff. I, I don't have any more words. It's emotional for even me. I think about how in our culture, I mean, we, we've got this so screwed up that, that, that we can't even, we can't talk about the toxicity of the, of, uh, of the sexual uh, predations that there are and have happened. We, we're getting a chance to bring it. One of the things I'm certain of in my, in my life, I have never had anything that is shame-based that could ever has been healed without being exposed to sunlight yeah. within me. I have had to bring it up. I've had to share it. I've had to be able to be transparent about it because as long as I keep it a secret, then that shame toxifies, as, as our dear Brene has, has taught us, that, 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 that shame is the toxicity. It says that there is not, that I, it's not that I have done something wrong, there is something wrong with me. And that's where I see the healing that keeps happening over and over again in the men's circle as we get a chance to share our openness and our vulnerability. Dennis, I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. Typically, we don't hear in, a, in, in the same sentence the word men or man and nurture. And that's what we're doing in that circle, is we are nurturing one another. Wow. Now, a lot of people will go, well, that doesn't sound too masculine to me. Well, let me tell you something. Men nurturing men. There's nothing easy about that. There's nothing soft. There's nothing wishy-washy about that. These are men showing up for one another. My God, this man's son lost his life, committed suicide. You know, you don't go up with that with, oh, you'll be all right, bear hug and all that. No. This is a time, this is an intimate time where the most powerful thing that a man can do with another man is to nurture one another through that, to hold space for them. My God, where can we get that? Well, we can get that in that circle, in that network. Mm -hmm. And how they're going to, and how they're they're going to control. Well, in this in this last little bit, Renee, Renee, what what are your what is your sense of both where we are going and, and where you're going and, and 
where do we have it uh, that that we're on on a path? Are there some things that we're not addressing that we that you feel like that in these future programs and the things that that you're going to want us to address? Yeah, I think um, Clay, if you'd be cool with it, I think we should do uh, more on the mind map that we worked on. Yes. About because to me, it's not just about um, that isolated uh, event when a woman walks in. To me, that I mean, all my synapses are just firing. I, I think that women, I know that women are not aware of any of the things that you told me about that. And Dennis and I had a chance to talk uh, separately about that. And he had gold to mine there to work on this healing between the two gen- between the genders. I think that because women always talk about that. When we enter a room with men, the whole atmosphere changes. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's confusing to us and we basically just feel like we're not wanted in that area. What you were able to give and Dennis also gave me some actual words to describe what's going on that healed for me that trauma of walking in, like women are afraid to walk into male spaces. Yeah. But now that I Um. have the backdrop and you gave me the cheat sheet and you let me buy (laughs) I said, oh, it's not all, it's not like women tend to take blame onto themselves all the time. If a man is doing something or if they're, they're reacting strangely to us, it's something I'm doing. Right. I kind of took it off of me and I feel, I think that this would be very important for women to see something like that. To go down that road. I'd love to get into that conversation. We Wonderful. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, all right. Well, now that we've now set the table for our future conversations, I want to, <clears throat> I want to thank you, Clay, for you being in my life, for the, for the joy and, and the learning that I am with you. And Renee, uh, you are a, a, as brilliant a light as I've ever met on this planet. And I'm so grateful for the collaborations that we have together and the the work that we're doing. And so I want to thank you both and uh, let us continue this uh, at another time. Thank you, Clay. And thank you, Renee. Thank 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 you. And we'll see you next time.